The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Good day, good day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. We are coming to you live from a random McDonald's in the middle of Long Beach while arguing about the use of promo codes. I really hate them. Bear has a fight coming up tomorrow, and I love the fact that they're giving him, um, with the pay-per-view sales, $2 per view. I think it's 10 for the... It's actually 5 for the ticket sale purchase. If you guys go online to www.purplepass.com slash fright. I literally have told you now repeatedly not to do that. That's right. I totally slipped up. Oh, well. Uh, and if you want to buy the pay-per-view link, it is koalivemma.com. Also, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, there's about – he's got his fight on tomorrow. He is going to be doing the uh, – I'll be commentating. Commentating, the that's the word. I'm gonna, uh, I, I was going to say doing the talking. I'll be doing – just like we're doing now. We're doing the talking. No, I will be commentating the children's events for the fight, and then I will be fighting first on the card, actually. It'll be right up front. That's – not a good thing. Isn't like the last fight supposed to be the best fight of the night? Well, technically, yes. That is usually reserved for the main event of the evening, but instead it is the first event, <laughs> if anyone asks. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the important first event. I'm the main event, just number one on the card. Uh-huh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Not this time, but surely on the next one. Oh, they did force Elon Musk to buy Twitter. Oh, that deal finally went through. It did. Unfortunately, like racist tweets are already popping up all over Twitter because they're saying that the new rules, like Twitter rules, no longer apply on decency. Well, you know, when Twitter was already a huge host of porn, for one thing, now racism is going to be a lot in there. They already weren't really big on uh, censoring. It just now they're taking it to the next level. Well, no, they did get good about censoring. They started saying when things were untrue, they'd put a note that things were untrue, and people got really pissed at that. I, I'm okay. So you're saying that the public was upset that Twitter would tell you when something was BS. Yes. Alrighty then. Well, it's a good thing Elon Musk bought it. Maybe he'll do a better job at telling people what is true and what's not. No, he actually wants to take that away and just let people say what they want to say. Hmm. Okay. So go to Twitter if you want some entertainment from now on, folks. And yes. if you want actual, you want reality, please stay off of Twitter. <laughs> But it's it's turning into Facebook, where you can put up any bullshit that you want. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use that language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear, because we care. Fuck yeah, we do. And hey. I'm loving watching random people in McDonald's. So we're out in the middle of nowhere. Bear had to pick up his fight shorts. He had to go. Uh, he had training this morning in Victorville. Then we had to go get the tires done on the car, because I'm not naming names Bear, but somebody Bear hadn't changed their tires Bear, and they were bald when he went to get a rotation Bear. Well, apart from the bald tires issue, <laughs> going to training is absolutely important and learning how to defend yourself is important, as we learned from Pelosi's husband incident that happened this week as well. That was horrible. He had no chance. Somebody actually broke into his house and beat the living crap out of him. It's well, horrible. I, I guess my I, – I can understand the not thinking you need security, but I would imagine – They have security. So then obviously I, I, not very good No, it's, it's horrible. But – Attacks on politicians in the United States have been up really high since January 6th. What did, uh, did they catch the person for one? I don't know. Okay, so we don't exactly know what a motive would have been yet. 
Uh, we do. I mean, it's, well, it's, we, can, it's, we can infer, but, you know, God forbid, this is someone who's like a diehard and liberal Democrat for the last 20 years of his life, and he just doesn't think Pelosi does enough. So to get back at her, he attacked her husband. I don't, you can't really get in the mind of these people who want to break in and assault random individuals. Or I guess he's not too totally random, considering he's the spouse of a famous politician, but that is still woefully uncalled for. Not the way to handle your complaints. If you have complaints, you can always file those uh, at your local office. Actually, you probably put it in the post office and send it over to your secretary, uh, secretary of state. Yeah, that's true. It's America's been really weird lately. Like there were just six people wounded outside a Pittsburgh church during a funeral for a guy that had already been shot. Wow, that's that's not even ironic. I don't know what you would call that. Awful. Yes. Well, okay. Fair enough. Awful. Oh, man. Maybe they were just really, really angry at this guy or whatever. They want to get back at anyone who went to go to see him. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I love America. This is my country by choice. Like, we know I'm Australian. Cool. <laughs> but, but, and always with me, there is a big but. I have a fabulous but, and in this case, it's a but. Uh, America has been really weird the last few years. Y'all didn't handle COVID well. Like, everyone kind of freaked out. Y'all didn't handle the political, like, not getting your way thing very well. Everyone freaked out. Like, I've never seen so many people have so many big freakouts over stuff. But, well, that being said, that's not true. I mean, you know, plenty of countries have revolutions. <laughs> the French Revolution, for example, is a pretty big freakout. That was definitely a pretty big freakout. I'm sure King Louis was thrilled. <laughs> oh, man. I want to go back to that Elon Musk thing for a second. That's pretty hot water right now. A lot of celebrities are on Twitter say they want to get off of it because he's now taking over the platform. What do you think, Summer, is really going to happen with Elon Musk in charge? I don't think anything is going to happen with Elon Musk in charge. I think it's the same thing that, like, whenever, you know, I heard a bunch of people, if Biden wins the election, I'm moving to Canada. Really? It's the same thing for Trump, too, for that matter. Yeah. It's now celebrities like, I'm getting off of Twitter. It's a lot of roaring and shaking and stomping and grandstanding. But the reality is, if you're a Twitter user, you're probably going to stay on Twitter. I like Twitter. I like, you know, I like bantering with the trolls. Well, here's the next thing. It's also another method of building a following and staying interactive with the people who are interested in your life, i.e. celebrities, for example. So if they jump off this platform, they're potentially losing out on continued exposure to their audience, revenue. I just don't think that Elon Musk being in charge and allowing literal free speech on the platform is going to entice too many of them to actually get off. Maybe you got a couple of them who do it as a stance, who do it uh, a stance, or maybe they do it as a publicity stunt. But I do not believe it's going to ultimately result in many of your favorite celebrities jumping off the platform never to come back. Nor do I. I think it's going to be a more tantrumy response. Speaking of tantrums, Tom Brady and uh, Giselle, I guess, are finally divorced. Oh, his, well, I, you know, I was literally about to say his wife after you said the word divorce, so I guess they didn't really register that comment all too well. Do, do we know why they're finally divorcing? Have they had issues for some time now? Rumor has it he was very friendly. The problem is, if you got her as a wife, mm -hmm. why do you want anyone else? Like, I went through this with the Hugh Grant. Did you hear about the Hugh Grant, Elizabeth Hurley thing? Hugh Grant, Elizabeth Hurley. Was that the... Uh... He got caught with a hooker. She's one of the hottest women yeah. on the planet. yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the way you, here's the thing about it. When people create have an infidelity, it is more commonly believed that it is because you're seeking out the 20% extra that your current partner does not have. Everybody gives 80%. They give their best, but it ultimately ends up being like 80% of what their significant other wants. Then they find that 20% that's missing in someone else, and they think, oh, they've got everything, so I'm going to go 
have this, uh, you know, this unofficial relationship with them behind my partner's back. It was a hookah. But in that case with hookers, perhaps it's just a fantasy. Perhaps it's something to do with wanting to feel control. Maybe they just uh, are tired of their wife and they want an outlet and something Look, really quick. I don't care how hot a chick is. I don't care how hot a dude is. Like, you are smoking freaking hot. But let me tell you, a lot of the time, I'm sick of your shit. So it comes down to no matter how hot she is, some guy somewhere is sick of her shit. And obviously Hugh Grant was sick of his wife's shit at the time. Girlfriend, but yeah. Girlfriend, I'm sorry. It's and sorry. now it's, uh, I'm sorry, who is the... First? Tom Brady. Tom, oh, wow, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's getting a divorce from the, one of the hottest women on the planet. She was like a Victoria's Secret model, but a better one than I was. And for sure <laughs> it's because of him potentially no, being faithful? No, we're not. Oh, okay. Rumor, rumor, rumor. speculating right now, I understand. No, I'm fine with that too, you know. It could have been anything. When you're that famous and your life is that much in the limelight, it could be pretty hard to have a reasonably successful relationship. It could be. Well, I imagine what everyone knows in your business. Yeah, you can look at it like kind of like this. Think about all the YouTubers who have to go out there and make like a really public apology for something they did 10, 15, however many years ago when they were on the channel the first time. It's people are always going to know what you're doing. And whether or not you did it right now or you did it way back when, it could ultimately cause enough backlash that it could disrupt your marriage or relationship. And because we don't know what's going on. Now, Tom could have easily just stuck with some girl last week, and so she's like, I've had enough, Tom, and I'm getting out of here. But this could have been an issue that maybe was 10, 12 years old. Who knows? That's true. It can. People will be unfaithful, and it builds up, and it builds up, and you try and fix it, and you try and fix it. And then eventually you're like, you know what? I can never forgive you, so I'm going to leave. For this thing you did seven years ago. That's fair. Uh, I mean, why don't you think it's fair? Well, I think it's fair that you have that opinion, but, I mean, we've all made mistakes. Don't get mad at me if something I did before I got with you. <laughs> so that's your rule for dating. You can't be mad at me for stuff I did before. Yes, if you were not involved at the time, you cannot be mad at me for it. <laughs> I think that's more than reasonable. I always think that when people ask other people, like, how many people have you slept with or what's your body count? Like, that is none of your business. That existed before you did. Piss off. As far as you're concerned, it's zero because we haven't done anything yet. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. You are number one. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm as sure as I want to tell you. <laughs> I think I'd go with none of your business. I think that's a better one. That is still a really good one. And it's still respectful at that. It is really none of your business. You know, I'm going to go and sidetrack us here for a minute. Our guest today, McDojo Life. We're going to, uh, we have our guest today, McDojo Life. I apologize for the speaking. And we're going to be talking about all things martial arts and more than likely discussing the fights and some of the controversies that happened over the weekend. So I, I want What to, controversies? Oh, they were upset that a particular fighter uh, visibly looked like he had lost the bout but was ultimately given the victory at the decision. And the reason why they're upset is because it seems like they're doing it as a way of hyping him up to be the next best thing. They want to kind of put him... They want to get everyone to hop on his hype train. So they're trying to give him a victory when he, to many audience members, clearly did not earn it. So I wanted to know, is that something you experience as well? Now, I'm in the fight. I'm in a fight industry, so that's my perspective. And we're all entertainment. Does that happen on the movie side as well? Oh, hell yeah. When we're trying to hype somebody, they're the next great thing. Like, okay, you look at Johnny Depp. He has this whole, I don't need Hollywood attitude. Like, I don't need Hollywood. But that's just a persona. He's paying a publicist. He's paying a manager. And that's the persona he chose and he's selling. I, I love Johnny Depp when I say this, but yeah, he needs the publicity and whatever movie he's doing, they're going to push him. It's the same with the fighter. That fighter may be signing a bigger contract. They may be wanting him to sell, sell, uh, sell pay-per-views. They may be having um, 
endorsements or something that they need to push off of him. I love, you can hear the ice machine. Like I told you guys, we are at a random McDonald's in the middle of Long Beach. We stopped to do the show. It's great. Now, what if Johnny Depp was like absolutely the worst wrong actor for the job? So what? It's Johnny Depp. He sells tickets. Fair enough. Look at it this way. You look good in your little booty shorts. You can fight, but you could be slow unable to fight with one eye and a peg leg with your following and people would still put you in fights. You're just a plus because you can fight. If that makes any sense. Yes, that does. Like you, I love you. When I say this, you are one of my favorite people, but people don't give you jobs because you're a good fighter. They give you jobs because you're a good fighter with a massive following. Yeah. More than reasonable. I will accept that. Also grateful for it. The following or being a good fighter? Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be live from a random McDonald's in Long Beach with McDojo Life. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, the hopefully baddest bear in the cage tomorrow. You better win. I put some money on you. And our very, very special guest, McDojo Life. G'day. How you doing? I'm awesome, man. I'm awesome. Speaking of fights, um, we were just talking about this a second ago behind the scenes uh, before we got on the radio, but I'm out here for Karate Combat in Orlando. How are you liking it? It is incredible. It is the production value, the staff, the way that they treat their fighters, it's its pretty rare to see something run this smooth and so relaxed. It's cool. I like that. Now, I'm going to ask you, what makes that event different? Obviously, you're saying the production value, it's chill. Why? What, what do you find interesting about it? I'm just being nosy now. 
Well, I mean, uh, starting off, Adam, you know, the guy who really runs the show is just, you know that he's got millions of dollars on the line, <laughs> and it would be like another Tuesday for him. It's so cool to see just how he respects the staff. All the staff just kind of have this, like, all work hard without someone having to ask them to work hard mentality. They're always so kind and generous, and all the fighters are just taken care of, like, 100%. It's 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 very cool to see. I think the whole respect uh, above pay probably is one of those things that is a, a staple in the way that they treat their promotion. I mean, they really do just respect the hell out of their fighters, and they really respect their staff, and it's it's a full production. I mean, there's hundreds and uh, hundreds of people who are running this production from guys who were running cameras, the people who were in the back doing like, uh, you know, hitting buttons to make sure that the cameras were supposed to be to, you know, people who were even just simply security, you know, hell, I think there was at least like, uh, 10 or 15 different bartenders. So, I mean, that alone. That's worth it. Love bartenders. I, I, I just, I think I just want to drink again. Yeah. I heard alcohol. It's the Australian in me. Don't be judgy. So I'm going to ask you, Rob, can you tell everyone a little bit about this the, yourself for everyone that's new here? Oh, yeah. So uh, my name's Rob. I run something called McDojo Life. Uh, so I call out fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles in the martial arts industry with the goal of keeping martial arts legitimate. I like that. Now, I'm going to ask you, I know we've asked this before on the show, and you have to excuse the background noise. We're doing this live from a random McDonald's in Long Beach. Um, we got stuck on the road. <laughs> uh, what makes a martial arts dojo legitimate? Uh, I think it all boils down to honesty. That's all it is. I think that as long as your studio is just simply honest with you, everything else will fall into place. And then you as a consumer can make a decision whether or not you want to be there or not. But honesty is paramount to having a successful and legitimate dojo. Okay, with that said, now I'm curious. What if they tell you honestly that this stuff is not going to work and it's kind of a scam? Even though they may, the student may not say it, but would they still be considered a McDojo at that point? No, I would not consider them a McDojo because, one, we know that they would put themselves out of business. <laughs> and, two, you're leaving it up to the consumer to make their own decision based on actual facts. Instead of them being lied to, then it's it's different. So if I walked up to you and I said, if you hand me $10 right now, I'm literally going to take it. I'm never going to give it back. If you hand me $10, that's not my fault. <laughs> that's, that's your fault. You made that decision, even though you knew all the facts. It becomes a real McDojo when they actually just lie to your face. Then there's problems. Because then it's not really in your hands. You're not making an informed decision. You're making a decision based off of a lie. Well, I guess that makes sense and explains why we don't see dojos that do that and stick around because, as you said, they're going to put themselves straight out of business. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it'd be funny. I'd, I'd at least show up to see see somebody do that. But, you know, I think in the martial arts industry so for so long, people always harped on things that are just not important. Like one of the things people love to complain about is how much a dojo costs. So, like, that's a McDojo because they charge too much. Well, that's ridiculous because that's subjective. Just because you can't afford it doesn't mean someone else can, you know? So that's a silly argument. And then another one is how long it takes to get a belt. Like, again, uh, BJ Penn got his black belt in like three years. So are we going to say his black belt's not legitimate? You know, so people complain about the wrong things. Meanwhile, you have like a record number of pedophiles in the industry, but we're not complaining about that. 
And so I just think the whole goal here is to start looking at things that we can control and we can make better instead of just kind of picking on everyone who doesn't do what we do. You know, that's just a, it's a weird thing in martial arts. So what I'm getting from this is I should complain about the fact it took Bear 10 years to get his black belt and completely brush over the pedophile thing. So Bear, you're like, that's, that's how <laughs> that, it's done in the industry, the industry from what standard. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the standard. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing, you know. And you know what, like, I love martial arts. I've been doing it forever. But, like, martial arts is only really important to know in two times. One, when you're actually fighting another human being. And two, in a martial arts studio. It's like if you go to like a board meeting and everyone's sitting around, the CEO, CFO, everybody who's important, all these degrees, and they're like, you know what? We need new ideas for our next quarter. What can we do? And then the janitor walks in and everybody stops and goes, hey, let's listen to the janitor because he can kick all of our asses. No one would do that. Never happens. <laughs> so like martial arts in itself needs to at least be kind of reined in to pe- for people to really understand what it's for, which is to develop yourself to help you reach your goals, um, whatever those particular goals may be. Because unless you're just a dick, most of the time you're not even really going to use it all that much in real life scenarios other than metaphorically. You know, I can relate to that in different sense. I hear a lot of stories about people who attain black belt or attain a certain high rank or a certain status in the fight community, and all of a sudden it means that they're like a better person or they're not the same douchebag who you knew back two years ago who slashed the tires on your car. All of a sudden he's a martial artist now, so he's a much better guy and someone worth paying attention to. I don't think that's how that yeah. works. That's, they did a whole arc in, the, in Cobra Kai on that. No, no, no. It's, it's legit. <laughs> I mean, some people, I mean, but it's just like anything else, right? Like some people have horrific lives. Like here, here's an example of when it has helped. Like Robert Downey Jr., you know, before he got into Wing Chun Kung Fu, like he really was just doing all the drugs and drinking all the time. And it was like apparently really wrecking his life. And all the women. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to complain for the man about that. but, (laughs) But, you know, like when it comes down to it, he was messing up his life because he was constantly in and out of trouble. And so this just gave him an outlet. But I have a feeling like if that wasn't the outlet, he would have found an outlet. And so some people just gravitate to martial arts, and it is the thing that helps them get past things. But that's not always the case, you know? That's true. And it is what keeps Robert Downey Jr. sober. He's been pretty clear about that. I mean, that's cool. I think that's great, and that's a success story. But <laughs> They're not all like that, and that's pretty much where I step in is when they those success stories aren't success stories. They're just people who are like, oh, well, I'm still an asshole. Um, there's for your charity. Um, but still, Thank I you. wind up <laughs> taking advantage of you know, the students or commit fraud or rape or a number of many things that people in positions of power do in order to take advantage of it. And that's, that's not seems- what this should be for. It seems like every week there's some new story about some dude that took advantage of some kid and he runs a martial arts studio or some guy beat up his girlfriend and he's an MMA fighter. Like there was one not too long ago where they were saying, oh, the guy's an MMA fighter. He took two MMA classes, but he is now classified an MMA fighter that beat up his girlfriend. Or like it just, it seems that the... Well, that's something that I've always spoken out against. I think that sometimes reporters don't necessarily do their due diligence. They just look at something that might be clickbaity, 
And so I've covered stories where I've complained about that exact same thing. I was like, this person is an MMA fighter. They don't have any fights. <laughs> they just like went to a class. That's ridiculous. And so that just makes all of us look bad when that happens. You know, if it's true, that's different. But when it's not, it's like, come on, get out of here. It's ridiculous. According, well, I'm going to say that means according to the press, you're not a real MMA fighter there because you've never kicked my ass. That's not a good. That's not a good um, standard to have. So um, I, I, would, I, I would say we need to change or raise the bar um, altogether. So, you know, speaking of fights, Rob, I am curious. Did you happen to catch this last weekend's worth of fights for UFC two? I believe it's two eighty. Yeah, I actually I didn't think I was going to because I was having a house party, and then literally everyone who came over was like, "Let's watch the fights." I was like, "Okay, well, I guess we're watching fights." And it, I actually really enjoyed the card. I thought it was great. Oh, no doubt about that. Now, I, I've gotten a lot of questions and concerns about this particular line of this matchup, though. What did you think of O'Malley versus Peter Yan? Um, so the big problem most people are having with that is the decision going to O'Malley. And I can see the problem because on my scorecards, I didn't have him winning, mostly because of the takedowns and the control, the amount of time that Yan controlled O'Malley on the ground. Um, but then if you look at significant strikes, it seems like O'Malley, I guess on paper, was piecing him up pretty good when they were standing. So that all boils down to the judges, right? What's the standardized judging? Are we going to judge takedowns more? Which it seems to be the standard. Like if you get a takedown in a round, that kind of gives you a little bit more. And they lean more towards you to win the round. So if we go by that standard, Jan clearly won. But if we look at the, you know, the striking, it seems like O'Malley won standing. So that's a tricky one. Yeah, you know, I tell you right now, being in the, in the amateur division, even the pro divisions on a lower level, their standard isn't even so much based on points. They first go off of significant strikes landed, then they go off ring control, and then they go off aggression. Who is simply more aggressive in the fight will ultimately get the decision. That and seems then, a little arbitrary. It is arbitrary, and then the points kind of follow suit. I think right now in my in my division, I was I just had a fight recently back in uh, actually last year December. I was winning on the feet, but the guy took me down twice. But takedowns were worth so much more that even with mm-hmm. the control time combined to maybe 15 seconds, he still got the decision over me. You're still so bitter yeah. about that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, it just, <laughs> it just seems like that's kind of like the standard. Like the hard part is, is I think that what we really need more of, which is kind of nice, is we, we have guys like Big John McCarthy who was able to pave the way and really has taught the cream of the crop of referees in MMA. If anybody is like the cream of the crop, they probably learned it from him. Um, I know Mike Beltran gives uh, credit to, uh, to him. I know that uh, Herb Dean gives credit to him. So, um, you know, so I'm sorry, there's somebody like beeping a horn outside from where I'm at. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like distracting. Um, but I don't think there's really anything like that in terms of judging, which is a real shame. Oh, okay. I can see that. So well, when the MMA rules were put in and they had like the, you can't do straight up and down elbows. Well, I've spent way too much time hanging around you boys. They call 12 to 6. Whatever. I've spent too much time around you guys. <laughs> um, why didn't they put in standardized judging when they put in the rules? Wouldn't that make sense? I mean, it seems like they clearly do need to take some type of training. Um, but when it comes down to it, a, a lot of times, some of the biggest issues that people have had were people from who were judging 
who had never done MMA themselves. And so you get a lot of judges that come from boxing in the professional world. So they're looking at something differently, which is a problem. What you really need is you, I think it would be best if you had people who were fighters or you had to have at least had a few fights in order to become somebody to judge it. I think that it's, I think as an anchor or like a newscaster or an analyst, it's okay if you never had fights. It's, it helps, but it's okay because you yourself aren't putting someone's career in your hands like that. But judges, hands down, I think that they should be required to have had fights. I just learned more about MMA judging and the way it should go than I think I have learned hanging around with any of you boys in a very long time. I like that, and I'm stealing that and pretending it's mine. By the way, Rob, like, that's mine now. That's what I think. Uh, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit less about what went on in the cage last weekend that Bear's all bitter about, and we're going to be talking more about McDojo Life with Rob. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fiora, and we'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, coming from you live in a random McDonald's in Long Beach, California, because we couldn't get back in time, and it was the only Wi-Fi we found. Yay! Thank you, McDonald's, by the way, for free Wi-Fi. Uh, quick shout-out, by the way. I'm going to show you all pictures of my new hair extensions. I freaking love them. I'm going to put up some links, and we are here, of course, with my co-host, the baddest bay you better win tomorrow in the cage, Bear Fjord, because I put money on you, and our very, very special guest. Wait, unless we're not allowed to gamble, then we didn't say that. I never said that. 
Oh, um, you bet. Yeah. You'll see. I'll tell you later. Um, and our very special guest, Rob from McJojo Life. G'day, Rob. Welcome back. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be back on the show. I always love chit-chatting with you. So I have to ask you, I know we were talking about growing kicks and all kinds of stuff before the break. One of the things you deal with, speaking of touching groins, is a whole bunch of pedophiles. It sounds terrible, but it seems to be in like a, a systemic problem in the martial arts industry. How do you think we ended up there? Now that I'm going to make well, this show think, really fucking depressing. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we don't have to we don't have to stay on it for a long time, you know. But I do think it's an important topic. I'm glad you brought it up because I think that martial arts in itself is extremely convoluted. And what I mean by that is, if you're not in martial arts, it's very difficult to even understand the lingo. So, for instance, if I were to go to a school, a regular school, the person in charge is just simply teacher. That's it. That's your teacher. If you go to a martial arts school, that name could be 50 different things. You know, sensei, sifu, senpai. It could be um, someone who – it could be a professor. It could be coach. So that in itself makes it already difficult because not everybody knows that pretty much all of those things mean mostly the same thing. And so – now take that and multiply it by a billion because now we're dealing with things from different countries. We're dealing with different – I might have to bow at the door. I might have to bow at the mat. But I think the big dynamic here is not only is it difficult for people to understand if they've never done it, so it's a big shell shock, but also you're automatically giving power to the person in charge before you even met them. You're already, you're already assuming that they have honor and integrity and respect simply because they're wearing a black piece of cloth around their waist. And that's just not the case. I think people should have to earn respect no matter what position of power they have. I can see that. I think that is a really good point. I think earning respect is important. But then the question becomes, how do you choose the right place and where to go if there is no system? Well, I think that there's a couple things that I believe should be industry standard that would fix a lot of problems. First, I think anybody who runs a martial arts studio should be required by law to have a local and federal background check done on anyone who's an employee there. Um, I think that there's no excuse not to do it. Um, I think that it would bring up a lot of red flags to kind of show if someone has a history of sexual abuse. I'm not saying that we all don't have pasts or histories and that people don't change, especially there are people who have used martial arts who have horrific criminal records. But then they'd wind up becoming good people who actually help people out. But I'm saying that there are certain things that we shouldn't excuse. And at least what we should do is have the respect for our clientele to know who's teaching their kids. And so, so you basically many of these you don't people, want a pedophile in there. Exactly. And so you'd be able to spot most of the time very easily if someone already had a record just by that simple thing. Um, and so I think that that would probably sway a lot of people in directions of better schools if they were aware, oh, well, you have a coach here who was a convicted pedophile. Yeah, but he's no longer on the sex offender registry, and he's gotten better. You as a consumer at that point can say, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with that, and then not yeah, bring no, your child No, I'm not in. sending my kid. No. I don't, you can feel better all you want. There is no cure for pedophile. I'm just saying. Um, but it's funny. When Bear started his nonprofit, uh, Free MMA, shout out to them. Make sure you're following out Free MMA Gym. Uh, they did a background check because it was a non-profit on him, not because mm -hmm. he was teaching kids. Well, I think that that should be a standard for anyone who's around kids, period. But, you know, I, I do know I that there are certain 
rules. But, you know, I think one, I think we as in the industry, anybody who is of influence should be making sure that we give out as much information as possible about what to look for, what's a good coach, what your ultimate goals are. That in itself is difficult when there's a lot of ego in the industry. And a lot of coaches think that the way what do you to mean? make their students... What do you mean by ego? Well, well, I think that there are a lot of coaches who are projecting, not teaching. And so they're looking at their students like, oh, well, you're going to compete or you're not legitimate. Well, not competing doesn't make you legitimate or not. It just might not be your preference. You know, what if the person is only there to lose 30 pounds? You shoving competition down their throat might not be what that individual's needs are. And so a good coach, the ultimate goal would be to get your students to reach their goals, not to get your students to reach your own. That's, I think that's fantastic. I th- but I got to say this, I think that is the best advice you could have as a teacher, a parent, or a person in society. That's just good advice, period. Just always trying if to you're in control of people, yeah. You're always trying to bring up the people underneath you. Yeah, if you're in control of people in any way, that is the best advice I think anyone could get. People aren't trying to reach your goals, they're trying to reach theirs. It, it, it happens a lot, especially like when people ask, well, how, what school should I get my child into? Like, or typically the question is, what's the best martial art for a child? And that answer is, is a lot more tricky than what people expect. People expect you to give like, oh, go do jujitsu, go do taekwondo, go, go do karate. They expect that very neat, tidy answer. But that's just not the case, you know? Like, what if the kid just doesn't like jujitsu? You know? Like, let's say it's a five-year-old kid and he goes to jujitsu, hates it, goes to taekwondo and loves it. Why wouldn't you let the kid do taekwondo? Like, it clearly this think- is showing a passion, you know? Like, it's getting the kid involved. And maybe later on the child decides that they want to do jiu-jitsu or try different arts. But if you shove it down their throat because it's what you want and not what they want, it typically doesn't go well. I agree with you there. Though, I, based on your previous answers to questions, I think the right answer is the best martial art is the one where your child is safe. Well, yeah. I mean, the one that your kid likes and it's helping them reach their goals. You know, on average, statistically, most martial artists don't last past a year. Like most people who join martial arts only do it for a year. Really? Quit. Yes. You can look up. There's like companies like Rainmaker, Mind Body. Well, it could be a. It's a lot of factors. Um, you know, it could be because a lot of people move around. It could be because they got bored. It could be because they got tired. It could be because. They got an injury. There's a lot of reasons. But, you know, one of the one reasons that isn't true that a lot of gyms that are failing try to lie about, and they blame it on them. They're like, they're too lazy. Well, maybe, but I got to tell you, there are plenty of people doing all kinds of physical activities out there that they show up every weekend for or every day or every other day for. Like, maybe it's you as a coach, not the student. That's the problem. And so we're thinking about... Uh, perhaps regulation is one of the ways to keep not just dangerous coaches out, but perhaps people who may not be sophisticated or competent at coaching in of itself. Do you think that perhaps they should have some kind of coaching course or standard before they try and open up their own dojo? They do with cheerleading. You can't even teach cheer. You cannot coach cheer. I had to take courses to coach cheerleading. But by martial arts standards, I can open a gym and I don't even do martial arts. Yeah, that's tricky. Like, uh, this is a question that comes up a lot, which is, should there be some type of regulating body? 
um, which would be what that would be. You have to go to this particular regulating body. They teach you a course, and then once you pass that course, then you can become an instructor. The hard part is, is who regulates them? And so, and then when you're dealing with, like, let's say, specifically martial arts, which martial art? Karate, Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, Sambo, Eskrima, Kali. Like, so when we start talking about, uh, like, a standardized thing, I think the only true standard is just be honest. I think that alone would solve almost every problem in the martial arts industry. I can see that. I think, so when I first saw you, Bear has been a huge fan of yours forever. When we first had you on the show, I told you I'd seen this video of yours where this child had died after doing judo, and I was thoroughly traumatized. Thank you for that. Um, But it was great to see it. I'm not facetiously saying thank you. I'm saying thank you because I didn't know this was going on. So how do we stop things like that from happening? I think educating the public. Um, I don't think that, you know, for something that's been around for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years, <laughs> you know, as long as people have been alive, they've been punching each other in the face. So for something that's been around for so long, it just seems like it's always been kind of kept like secret or you have to be in the know to understand anything about it. And I don't think that that's fair to the public because when you sign up at a martial arts studio, your first, that, that, that particular case that you were talking about, that was the kid's second class ever. Um, and that wind up putting the kid in a coma. Yeah, second class ever. Um, and the uncle watched the entire thing. That's why they had photos, um, because the uncle was taking pictures of this clear abuse rather than stepping in and stopping it. But that's a part of that power dynamic that I think if you're new, you might not understand. So, like, you have all this honor and integrity and respect, and you have to listen to the person in charge, and they know exactly what they're doing because they have that piece of cloth on them. That's just not true. That's not always the case. And so I think that as parents, and I'm not a parent, but I think parents should have the right, if they see something that isn't right in any martial arts school, get that, like, the black belt is in charge all the time crap out of your mind because it's bullshit. If you as a parent see your child being abused, I don't give a fuck where you are. You step in, you stop it, and if you're not comfortable, you pull your kid. But that brainwashing of, oh, this is the person in charge. You don't, like, do anything while they're, t- they're on the mat. Well, sometimes, yeah, but that's where it becomes convoluted. When should you step in and say something, and when are you just being an annoying-ass parent who's yelling across the mat? You know, I, I think that's a really, really great point. And I've actually expressed the similar concept when it comes to people who are in this kind of situation. When you look at someone doing something that appears shady – replace them with a different person doing the same behavior. So if you're looking at a martial arts instructor and they're doing something that may or may not seem right, replace them with like Ronald McDonald or your local uh, crosswalk guy who would guide you across the street. And if they start doing it too, is it shady to you then? That's really good advice. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think that's good advice. But I think anything with Ronald McDonald will be creepy. There's a reason McDonald doesn't use him anymore. Um, Rob, you have a documentary coming out. What's going on with that? I'm, I'm nosy. We've had people write in and ask us. So I, what was it? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I apologize. I went out to San Diego. I met with a potential investor. That investor said yes. Um, now that is our executive producer on the, on the, the movie. Today, we got a call back from them on how much they were willing to invest. I can actually tell you how much they were willing to invest, but they haven't signed the paperwork. So the don't, paperwork don't got tell out us, don't today. Tell us. 
No, don't tell so, me. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some NDAs going on. So it's tricky because I want to tell you more, but at the same time, I can't. And so it's like, just understand that as of right now, the update that I can say is it looks like we will be 100% filming the ending, the rest of the movie in January. And then we will be taking it to movie festivals. And then uh, we're going to get it out by that the, the time the circuit hits. We're going to take them to uh, movie festivals, and then after that, we're going to you're going to be able to see it. So um, it's, That's it's very exciting. Actually. So excited to see it! Congratulations, you've worked so hard for it, and you've done so much good. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what is the best thing you found while doing this, while making these films, and while dealing with all these horrible, awful people? Because I mean, let's face it, most of the time you are drowning in a pool of like uh, grossness because you deal with a lot of bullshit. What's the bright side? Like, where's your ray of sunshine? How did the fuck uh, you I do just, it? <laughs> people say thank you all the time. I mean, I get, I get people who write me and send me messages all the time saying thank you. I get people who come on my live, and I just give them, like, free business advice for their schools. Um, you know, but that's kind of the stuff I really love. I love when there's a school owner who writes a message or a comment on one of the videos that I post. And they say, I don't understand why they have so many students. They have more students than I do with a clear fraud, right? And then I write them personal. If I see it, I'll send them a DM. And I'm like, well, I can teach you how to get more students in your school. (laughs) And so working with those people and taking people from, like, being instructors with good hearts who really care, but they're impoverished because they don't know the business side, teaching them and then seeing their schools flourish, I mean, that doesn't just affect that person. I mean, you could literally affect an entire lineage of people because then their school is successful, and then they create more black belts, and then those black belts go out and teach more people. And so it's it's a really cool thing that the community has been giving me a nod, I guess, by saying just simple, simple things like thank you because I left my instructor because I found out that they were teaching, you know, that kind of stuff, and I wasn't aware, or I found out that my instructor, like, you know, was a pedophile, but they are no longer put on a sex offender registry. Like, it's, it's cool. It's cool because you can see I, that it affects people in a positive way. I like that. So I, all I got from that is teaching martial arts is like happy herpes. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and it spreads. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this as well. Uh, thanks to you, Rob. I think it was either uh, a few months ago, it was a video or two, I actually asked you about a particular guy whose stats and status and accomplishments seem so buck wild that I couldn't fathom it possibly being real. But you've really become a, a kind of like a centerpiece in the community where if there's information needed about someone or something or an activity they've done, you got it down. They can tell us what is real and what isn't. He's like the Santa Claus well, of the martial arts industry now? <laughs> well, hopefully if I can get fat enough, you know, that'd be great. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just do it because I think it's the right thing to do. And... If I didn't get anybody to say thank you or if I didn't get a nod or if I didn't get recognition, I'd still be doing it anyway. Um, I was doing it completely free forever. And then, you know, over a long period of time, you just network. And then you get to introduce people to other people who can help other people. And, you know, hopefully by the time I'm dead, I would have made some kind of positive impact in the world. And this just seems like the best route to do it. Well, I think not only have you done that on social media, is this, with this documentary, going to these film festivals, you'll also get it out to people who simply have never heard you before or maybe are not on the Internet, which would be kind of strange at this point. And you'll be able to get this message across in a huge way. 
Um, aside from that, where can everyone find you and then find your content and then when you'll be uh, releasing the movie? He said next year. The oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, this is yeah, what happens yeah, when so... we're sitting at a McDonald's and we can't hear each other. No, it's all good. Yeah, we um, <laughs> we definitely are going to get it out to the movie festivals by this next year. Uh, we've already made that decision. We gave ourselves a hard deadline. Um, we're actually represented by UTA, and we gave them a hard deadline. And as to how long United it's going to, you know, so. Um, but since we since we hit them up and we were like, hey, man, we kind of have a hard deadline now. They've been kind of really turning the wheels a lot harder, and they've been working harder for us. So we appreciate yeah. that. Um, and then, of course, now we have our new executive producer. And then once all that paperwork is solidified and I can finally make the damn announcement, you guys are going to be blown mm-hmm. away by the person who just signed on with us. Um, it's We're a so huge excited. name. Uh, but, yeah, you can I find me that. at McDojo Life pretty much anywhere. Tell us. You, you can come. You've got to come on and tell us, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's okay. a, it, as of right now, we know that that paperwork will be signed by next week. And then once that all of that is solidified, then we can I can get back to them. Um, but we have an NDA until so. Of course, of course. That's that's pretty standard. And shout out to United Talent. Make sure it gets everywhere for them. They are fantastic. Yeah, they've been super cool with us, and we appreciate the hell out of them. Now, Rob, is there anything you'd want to say to the audience? Advice, perhaps a maybe even a. Question that would intrigue, uh, cause some interest for people to think uh, some self-reflection game. Well, I can't think straight. Here's what you like to say to the audience. You've been punched in the head a lot this week. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. Um, well, first of all, I'm rooting for you for your fight, man. So I want an update. I want to know how it went. Um, but also, if I was going to give somebody some advice when it comes to, like, just martial arts in general, like, just ask questions. The the standard only question that most people who've never taken martial arts before say is just how much. That's it. And then it's like, okay, well, it costs this much, and this all must be the same. Do your research. Like every instructor, you can Google them. You can look up their past. There's just like anybody else. We all leave our social media trail, um, you know. And then if you're going to get into martial arts, what's your goal? An actual tangible goal. I think if more people going into martial arts set themselves in a legitimate, tangible goal, then they're going to probably stay longer because they can actually achieve it and then set a new goal instead of just wanting to look cool or I want to learn how to protect myself. Well, that's not a tangible goal because <laughs> you're always going to keep working on that. So set actual tangible goals and you'll probably stay longer and get better. No, I think that's absolutely wonderful, especially when it comes to people who may have never joined martial arts before. This is their very first experience. Having an idea in mind of what you want can really make or break an individual. It's why we have, I think, I think the statistic is, let's say we have 100 people join jiu-jitsu. You may have 10 of them or less actually achieve the next belt rank, a blue belt, and then even less as you continue down the line. Because at some point, the motivation has gone or they never had a real idea of what they wanted to begin with. Yeah, most of the people I see when you teach classes, the only thing the single mothers want is you. I'm just saying, they have a very different goal. <laughs> and they want to learn how to kick and punch people. But they all have, no, their, no, own, <laughs> but they all have their own goals in mind, their own, their own hopes and dreams, I would imagine, if not for themselves and for their kids. And some of them happen to be me, but that is not the point. Rob, I'm sure you know what that's like, having been instructed <laughs> so, for so long. <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, it's, it's weird because they always talk about the, pi- the power dynamic between a martial arts instructor and the student, right? And the odd thing is, is, like, I have seen 
plenty of martial arts instructors who wound up dating students, who wind up becoming married to students, and literally lived their entire life after that, married to that person, and just absolutely in love. Um, and plus, you know, you usually date people that are around you. You know, when you go to the gym all the time, well, guess what? You're probably going to date somebody who also goes to the gym all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, all, but, all I'm getting from this is Bed didn't need to kick me out of his class. I went in, he was teaching me. He decided he thought I was cute, so he wouldn't let me be his student anymore. Would not teach me anymore, then asked me on a date. I thought the power dynamic was inappropriate. <laughs> you know what, I think, I think you, you did the right thing, dude. You did the right thing. And then now you're already dating, so if you decide to go into class later, you, it might not be as bad. <laughs> you know? Like, hey, we dated so before think- this, man. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, Sammy. You're welcome back anytime. I'm just saying, so great. Now everyone that gets kicked out of a martial arts class is going to be like, that coach has the hots for me. <laughs> I think the, I think the yeah, circumstance right. the circumstance definitely depends. Like if you're if you're a butthole and you're beating up on all the little kids and you're uh, you're trashing the place and the coach is like, you got to get out of here. Don't think to yourself, oh, he wants to bang me. No, he just wants your ass gone. <laughs> Guys, make sure to follow McDojo Live. Sorry for all the static and noise in the background. Like I said, we are doing this live from McDonald's in Long Beach. And Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, we're going to put up a link. Make sure you watch the pay-per-view to Bears fight tomorrow. And I'm going to corner Rob after this and see if we can get him back on to talk about his film. I know you guys want updates on that. When I he's won't. allowed to. I know everyone wants updates on that. Like, come back, Rob. Give us all the info. Everyone wants uh, to hear about it. I, I, I would love to talk about all of that. And I'm super excited going into the New Year to actually be able to say I can finish the damn thing. <laughs> so that'll be nice. Well, I'm really glad you've worked really hard on it and you do so much good. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, yeah, thank you thank for having you me. I'll talk shop with you guys anytime. Perfect. <laughs> He said that it's on air. It's legally binding. He's coming back on to tell us about what's going on. Guys, thank you all for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda. Make sure, go follow us all on social media. Make sure you're following the JoJo Life. Follow Bear Fjorda, Summer Helene, behind the scenes. BTS. Yeah, I guess follow the show too. Uh, But more than that, watch Bear's fight tomorrow, guys. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.